Welcome back to the NACAFA 65 Years of Our Huddle Includes Everyone podcast series. On this edition of the podcast, we have Carlos Blizzard, Coach Carlos Blizzard, jumping on the call with us today. Um, For those of you not familiar with Coach Blizzard, he spent the better part of the last, I don't know, four decades coaching uh, in NACAFA and also a rather well-known basketball coach in the city as well. Uh, one could argue, well, I wouldn't even say argue, one can say that Coach Blizzard's probably had a positive impact on hundreds and hundreds of uh, young lives over the last uh, four decades here in the nation's capital. And we're really excited to get him to get him on this call with us. And I can tell you, somebody who's known Carlos for a while, um, not a lot of people can tell a better story and keep you entertained. So I apologize for the quality for the first 10 or 15 seconds. But after that, just sit back and enjoy our guest, Coach Blizzard. Coming up right after the pause. Hey, Carlos, you there? Can you hear me okay? Hey, great, man. How you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, jump on the podcast today. I I appreciate it. I, I... I was listening to you and uh, and Darren Joseph and, and, and Tommy Casagrande. I thought I thought it was great, man. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. Well, it's always good to get caught up with some. Uh, I mean, most of the guys. Uh, I shouldn't say most, but a good chunk of uh, you guys I've known for a, a long, long time. And then there's some new people, uh, some new football guys. This and it's always fun to kind of get, get caught, caught up, up and uh, you know jump on the on the phone and talk a little football. Absolutely. So good to have you here. I'll jump kind of right into things, Carlo. Um, I'll just kind of ask you your football background. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about how uh, Carlos Blizzard got started with football? Absolutely. And again, I was listening to you guys. My, my, my story's a little different in terms of, you know, my, my, my time within CAFA. When I was eight, nine years old, listening to you guys talk about playing youth football, I was living in Trinidad. So I'm in Port of Spain, Trinidad one day, and my dad was military. We end up in Goose Bay, Labrador the next. <laughs> Sorry. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm 10 years old, okay? There's two stations on TV. There's CBC French and CBC English. So it's the first time I'm seeing a hockey game, hence I'm a Habs fan. And it's the first time I see CFL football, Wayne. I mean, I have nice. memories. So CFL was your first introduction to football, yeah, not NFL. Yeah, I see. I mean, I have vivid memories of the the Tony Gabriel catch for the Riders. Yeah. Right, that Grey Cup. That's I, I was I was fascinated, right? But I'm in Goose Bay. <laughs> <laughs> we get transferred to North Bay, Ontario. So grades six, seven, and eight. I'm in North Bay. No football. So I, I ended up playing hockey all the way, right? Nice. Well, right? You know, wasn't very good at it. And, and you know, so, so finally we get to Ottawa. My dad gets transferred to Ottawa. So I'm, oh, man, okay, Ottawa. And, of course, you know, I'm still into hockey at the time, but I've got this football dream in my head, but I haven't played. And how, how old are you when you guys get transferred to Ottawa? Uh, this is grade nine, so I'm grade around yeah, 14, 15. Okay. And the thing is, Wayne, I went to I went to St. Pius, okay? So kind of a football and basketball powerhouse back in those days. And coming out of North Bay, I was like, okay, you know what? I got to get on this basketball team. So I spent that entire summer and the fall in the gym to be able to get on the basketball team. I didn't play football in grade nine. Grade 10, you know, I've kind of got my confidence up and I'm kind of established and whatnot. And I go out for the football team. Of course, it's my second year junior. And uh, I play guard. They make me a guard. <laughs> and anybody that knows you uh, knows that the first thing that comes to mind when I see you, my friend, is is, is guard or maybe <laughs> or maybe <better. laughs> right, right. So I'm a guard. I'm a pulling guard. Okay. <laughs> Fast forward to grade eleven. Now it's senior football. Well, okay, I'm not playing any guard. Okay, that, I mean that's just not happening. And by this point now, you know, I've I've, I've literally been exposed to NFL football now and I latch on to uh, Lester Hayes. Nice. I'm a Raider for life, dude. Lester the molester. Right. So I, I, I come out in grade 11 as, as a DB 
And, you know, I, I, I guess I, I played that way. I, I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, you know, full confidence in myself. And, you know, let's go play 11, 12, 13 in, uh, at, at Pius. Get, uh, you know, end up in the senior bowl in my, in my last year of high school and get some, some attention. End up at Bishop's, right? Four years at Bishop's. My third year, I mean, now I've established myself. I mean, of course, at Bishop's, you know, you end up, you, you go to university and you think you're it, right? Completely. The big, the big fish in a small oh, pond. All, all of us the rookies, right? We all came from our high schools and we were all captain of the school, of the team and on the all-star team, blah, blah, blah. And every last one of us would go on a Friday and check the dress list and none of us were on it. <laughs> No, it's funny you say that. No, I'll give you, and I don't know if you remember this Sports Illustrated. Uh, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Go ahead. You know what you're going to, and I love that one, and I wish I could find them because I, I kept a lot of my old SIs, right. and so I'm sure they're kicking around, and I always tell, this was my favorite, and for those that don't know what Carlos and I are talking about, they used to have these promos to for, for buying a subscription, and like one of my favorite was you had uh, – it said, what's it like looking down the barrel of a gun? And, and you had Dwight Gooden, the old pitcher for the Mets, who could throw up to 102 miles an hour looking over his club. And then the one that I'm sure that you know where I'm going with this one was a two-pager. And it kind of like, or I think it was a three-pager. Like you had the one page and it said, what does it feel like to find out you're just another high school hotshot? <laughs> and then you, you flip the page over and it was Nebraska's, uh, yep. I guess, their their walk on program or their spring camp and it showed like on the front page showed the one kid stretching you know big athletic looking guy yeah. and flip it over and you've got a hundred kids doing the same thing and it's like Sports <laughs> Illustrated get the feeling and yeah it always stuck with me and it's so true and I think everybody no matter how good they were I, I've yet to talk to a lot of guys that that first year wasn't like okay right reset but anyway I, sorry man I interrupted I, you I, I walked into Bishop's experience, my bad. And, and you know, I got, I got guys like Wally Zatilney, Leroy Blue, you know, the, Dennis Walker. These guys, I mean, uh, and I'm on the field. I, I, I don't know who Wally Zatilney is, right? I don't care because, you know, I'm, I'm Carlos Blizzard. And well, until he lit me up. And I was like, oh, okay, that's Wally. Okay. okay. <laughs> now I know who you are. I got you now, right? <laughs> no. But, you know, end up, you know, okay, by my second year, established as a starter and, you know, playing well in my third year. <laughs> I had, I had, I, I got to tell you this story. We have to please. show up as a guest. Okay. And, you know, this little guy, when he talked, all our coaches hanging on his every word. I'm like, who is this guy? Well, it turns out his name's Dick Walker. And he was the special teams coach for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers during the 70s. Okay. Man had four Super Bowl rings. He ended up my DB coach. Listen to right? He was he was amazing. And of course, that's my draft year. And ironic, well, ironic, just the way it happens. I end up taking a devastating knee injury in the last game of the season on TSN against Queens from all my friends. Um, blow the knee, and that was kind of that, right? Of course, as my uh I end up my girlfriend. I end up marrying Fabian, you know, but she was my girlfriend at the time, and I'm in the hospital bed. She she brings me a letter from the Edmonton Eskimos congratulating me on a fine. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I came back my fourth year, did the rehab, came back my fourth year, played with a brace, wasn't really the same. And when I graduated, I said, you know what? I I, I got to stay in football. The bootleggers were a big deal at the time. Okay. Right. They were a big deal at the time. Huge deal for people that aren't familiar with it. They just, I, I don't think you can really do it justice. Cause I mean, we've had the, the Ottawa invaders in, that, in a similar type mentality, but what the invaders and I was involved with the invaders, it was well run the whole kit and caboodle, but it just, people don't understand what the bootleggers meant to the city and the buzz around it. But uh, yeah, yeah, continue with you. were a big deal. I mean, all the guy I could, you know, we could go on forever. All the guys that played on, on those teams, but at that point, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm, my playing days are done. And I, and I, I answered an ad in the paper to the, uh, the Ottawa Norsemen and the P.N. Norsemen were looking for a coach. So I jumped on, you know, I, I, I start coaching the DDs. 
I guess I inherited a great team because we won a provincial championship that year. The following year, as things happen, and then this, is, this is the midget level, okay? So these guys, right. 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. By the second year with my North, with the Norsemen, you know, coaches move on, right? So I find myself, I got the opportunity to be the head coach. I said, wow. Okay. And, but I got to get some coaches around me, right? And I got to find that. Wayne, I put together a style. I remember Dwight Beckford, Andy Waterman, Chris Johnson, Jerry Eiffel. That was my staff for the most. Guys that know a little bit about football in that in that group in Haines. Right. And we were all just fresh out of university. And we're coaching 17, 18 year olds who are trying to get to the next level. Right. My point being, although I, I do recall and I have players all these years later as a grown man, you know, reach out to me and say, Hey coach, you know what? I I, I get it. You know what you were trying to do and what you were trying to say. I get it. I've had grown men reach out to me years after the fact and tell me that. But my point being, I think we were a little harsh. You know what I mean? We we, we coached like how we were coached. No, but that's exactly it. And I mean, one of the one of the kind of underlying themes to a lot of uh, I, I say older guys, but unfortunately, older guys meaning guys that are in and around my age and up, and even a little bit younger at this point. Um, one of the themes, though, and it's true, is just the the evolution of the game and kind of the way it was played and coached. And again, I can't stress enough so that I'm not getting like a, a whole flurry of calls saying that I'm condoning headshots and all this. I mean, I, for the evolution of football, it was absolutely necessary. I mean, right. with the speed, size and everything, you add that changes. But to really, you, you don't, you can't, you can hear the stories, but I don't think you can truly 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 understand what it was like like i had gord weber on uh, just a few days ago and gord and i were talking we were chuckling and some of the stuff and, and as we were telling it carlos i mean some of the stuff were like scratching our heads talking saying you know that's that's borderline insane but it was the <laughs> norm back then and and you know and i'm not condoning and saying that we, we need to go back but i think a lot of the principles might have died like you know it's kind of like uh you flush everything down the toilet instead of just the bad. And so, I mean, some of the accountability, some of the structure, I think, is lost. It, it, it ties in really good to, I guess, a point I want to make later on in terms of my coaching career, right? Exactly what you're saying. Okay. No, 100%. Yeah, but sorry, I'll, I'll let you uh, kind of continue here. Um, so, yeah, so I'm coaching the Norsemen with those guys. And, you know, it's not that it's all about winning. It wasn't about winning. It was about competing, right? And that's the fire you're trying to get into these guys. But they're 17, 18 years old. And at that age, they're kind of, you know, they're looking at us like, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, I coached for a couple more years. I think I did like at least I think five, six years with the Norsemen. And by that point, you know, my wife and I, we have our first kid and whatnot. And, and I end up taking a bit of a break to, 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 to turn inwardly to say, okay, I need to take care of these kids. Right. As opposed to spending my time. I mean, I was coaching my high school team. I was coaching the Mustangs. I was, I was coaching all over the place. I couldn't get enough of it. But I took a break. And, you know, it's years later. I got Dante with me. Dante's five years old. And I'm coaching. I've gotten back into coaching now. I'm coaching the Mustangs, midget. And I'm bringing him to practice. And at the end of one practice, he's, he's throwing a football with me, Wayne. You know, doing a little three-step drop, throws the ball, right? And the guys, they, they, they look over and they see this little kid and they, and they clap. They clap for him. So I remember walking back to the car. I'm holding hands with him and I'm talking. I say, hey, Dante, that was pretty cool, huh? He goes, yep. <laughs> I go, you know those guys were clapping for you, right? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I go, do you think when you're older you're going to want to play football? No. <laughs> And that was the end of that, Wayne. Like, my kid, when he says no, there's no point cajoling or trying to convince. Or <laughs> no. Okay, so I ne- we never talked football. I didn't talk football to him for four years. Never brought it up. Till one day he comes home very excited, a piece of paper from the Gloucester South Raiders. Dad, Dad, I want to sign up for football. This is Tyke. So I'm like, absolutely, dude. Knock yourself out. Okay, so I go out there and my, my initial plan, I wasn't going to coach. I was just going to be dad. So I'm standing on the sidelines with Darren Joseph, right? His kid's out there. 
And just through circumstances, right, they, they, as far as I was concerned, those coaches made a huge mistake by cutting DJ's kid. All they cut D- Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's not around, right? And uh, they, 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 they wrote me into the coaching. You know, they, they, basically, they say, you know what? We know who you are. We're just a bunch of dads. We need your help. So I happily jump onto the field. But now, Wayne, now I've got these nine and ten year olds in front of me. Uh, it's completely different. Beast. Oh my <laughs> god! But it was so much fun. It was so it, much fun. Okay, I've got these kids, and I'm trying. And I'm saying, you know what? Sure, they're nine, they're ten, but I can t- I can teach them anything. And there were so <laughs> many naysayers. They'd say, well, you can't pull your guards in tight. And I was like, what? But let me, let me, I digress. I, I, I missed the peeps because I got to pull the DJ part of this back in. So that first year, Tyke, you know, the team's good and whatever. We end up losing in a final to, to the dreaded Myers Riders. And uh, the next year, all the coaches graduate and I take over as head coach. Well, doesn't Dante have a birthday party? So you got Dante, you got Jay, and you got Michael Slack. And I teach them three plays. Dante at quarterback and those two in the backfield. I teach them an eye sweep. I teach them to split the backfield and run a counter. And I think I taught him a lead. So as DJ comes to pick up his kid, I go, DJ, DJ, watch this, watch this, watch this. <laughs> and you see Dante, down. And he, you know, they, they run the play. And then they run, and, and DJ looks at me and goes, what are you doing? <laughs> you do a good DJ. <laughs> he goes, what are you doing? I go, First of all, they had no business cutting that kid last year. I'm the new head coach. That kid's coming back, and you're coming with me. The smile on his face, right? And it's funny if you if if you guys if you haven't had the chance to meet D- DJ, he's got a smile. <laughs> just you know when he's smiling. So I've got a good mental picture of what you're saying. Right. So now we've got Dante. We've got Jay. And, you know, again, the naysayers, Wayne, they're saying, you can't pull your guards in tight. And we kind of look at each other and say, why not? You can't throw in tight. What do you mean? You know, I said, if, if, if a kid, if you throw a ball to a kid and he drops it, don't say he can't catch it. Throw it to him again. You know what I mean? So, so we, DJ and I took it to heart and said, well, there's nothing these kids can't do. So we, we, we put together things. That, and, and again, it was successful in terms of we were so excited at practice that the mosquito parents would come down to watch the tight practice because we would pull our guards and have them blow up a bag or something and get really excited about it, right? Enthusiastic. Oh, yeah. or, or have the kids, you know, throwing the ball and catching touchdowns, and we're just – we're all over them. We're running hamburger drill for crying out loud with, with tights, okay? <laughs> and you know these kids love it. Oh, the kids, oh, it's, it's phenomenal, okay? But again, now I'm getting a different perspective. I, I took over as head coach, and, and I inherited something called the Cookie Award, right? Again, these are tights. So every Monday, you know, after the game, you, a giant cookie, and you give it to the kid that deserves it, and then the kid breaks it up, and the, the whole team has this giant cookie. Fabulous. Well, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm bitter. I'm thankful. I said, you know, I don't think I'm going to do this cookie award thing. Well, my wife and my daughter protest. What do you mean? I said, well, you're going to make the cookie? Absolutely. Okay. Giant cookie award. Well, Wayne, I, 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 I distinctly remember I'm, I'm holding the cookie and I've got these kids and they're bouncing around like they've never been fed. <laughs> okay. And I stand with the cookie over the garbage, be- over the garbage uh, bin. And I've never seen a bunch of kids and parents just shh. And they're all staring at me like, he wouldn't. <laughs> How right? And I walk over and I go, okay. And I mean, each kid walked away with two big handfuls of cookies. And I'm laughing with the parents. It's like, it's like, it's like we don't feed them. But I was having fun just getting those kids to snap to attention. Right? And, and, and by the third year, it's, that's when Dante, though, Ah, this guy. He he taught me the most valuable lesson in terms of me coaching and why I was doing it. Okay, my point being this: third year tight, Dante's going to be the quarterback, Jay's going to be the receiver, and we're going to light up the league. That's me and DJ's plan. 
Well, both those little jokers over the winter come at us separately talking about, hey, Dad, I think I want to play defense next year. <laughs> I, said, I, I look at I go, what do you mean? He goes, I don't know. I just think I want to play defense. I talked to DJ. He goes, yeah, mine said the same thing. I said, these two are commiserating at school. And, and sorry, how old are they at this point? They're 10. Okay. So out of, out, about a week, and I, I look at my wife, I look at Faith, okay, you know, I'm not gonna, not gonna, can't sweat the guy about it. Play defense, knock yourself out. But I'm thinking to myself, we're not going to be any good. About a week later, he says to me out of the blue, and this was the point he was making to me. He goes, Dad, would you ever be mad if me or Tyra did something to lose the game? And I just looked at him. I said, is that what this is about? You think I'm going to be mad at you if you fumble or throw an interception and we lose a football game? And he just looks at me. And I could tell he's saying, well, dude, I've seen you in action. And what he meant by that was, and I, I ended up calling DJ. I said, DJ, do you remember when, and I named the kid, right? That kid last year, he dropped a two-point conversion in the semifinal and we lost. And DJ's like, oh, yeah, man, we practiced that so much. He could have caught that. And I said, DJ, he's nine. And the two of us just thought, I said, our kids are trying to send us a message, Right? I mean, I was so jacked up three nights before a tight football game, I couldn't sleep, Wayne. No, see, and I love that you're, and again, not to sound corny, I mean, we're friends, so I'm obviously biased, but I love that you're man enough to tell a story like that, Carlos, because I think I, I think there's so many epiphanies or so many moments like that, yeah. and, and, and as adults, we, we can learn every day coaching kids, but a lot of us choose not to, and I, and I love that you tell the story. Because it is, it's, it's, it, it kind of echoes out. And even at, at moments with myself, when I get kind of get back into coaching yep. and it's like, okay, you remember they're nine. Right. Like, like I always said, I, I say, you know, um, they should be doing a million different things. Football should be one piece of, right. like, like I always said, heck, I, I wanted to be in the NHL. I think when I was nine in the NFL, when I were to CFL, when I was 10, the NFL, when I was 11 and, and <laughs> And I wanted to be a, a stealth ninja when I was twelve because I did Return of the Ninja or that uh, those that franchise of movies. Yeah. And I think at one point I tell everybody I laugh. Heck, I wanted to be a bounty hunter because I'd seen Return <laughs> of the Jedi. So I mean, it, it's interesting you you bring that up, and I like that you. I'll tell you a quick story because I, I this was the one that just makes me smile. So I was helping out with um with the with the uh, tight program. In, in Gatineau, like this was the spring league. Yeah. And I always played it at two. So I was kind of overseeing all the levels, but the tight coach who was a very involved, very committed guy, great guy. He was going to be 15, 20 minutes late. So they asked me to kind of jump in. So I'm just showing them some basic stuff. And so I've got maybe about eight or nine, eight or nine year olds. Mm -hmm. And I'm lining them up and I'm showing some technique to two guys. And then as I go on to the next two, it's just like, I just laugh. I'll be damned if I don't look around behind. And all the technique I just showed was all out the window. And it was just, and it turned into a, a WWE Royal Rumble. And they were loving it. And so at that moment, I'm like, okay, do I stop this? Or, you know what? They're eight or nine. Right. They've got new football equipment. You know, go with it. Right. Go with it. So we just, anything technical ended there. And again, just build it. And, and I think I was the one who walked away with the benefiting the most. Right. That I was probably the, the most pleased with that. So it's cool that you tell that story, Carlos. I like that. Well, I mean, you know, just to, to kind of end it, that, that we, we have the training camp. And Dante and, and Jay are happily on the defense. We're working with a kid at quarterback who's never watched a football game on TV. And... Like I said, we're, we're not going to be very good. Well, doesn't my son at the end of training camp walk up to me and say, okay, dad, I'll be your quarterback. I go, you sure? He goes, yes. I go, well, you know what? Message received loud and clear. Nice. Right? Message received. And from that point, I mean, the, 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 the you know, the, the, the Raider years, oh, my gosh. The fun I had coaching those guys. And, and, and when I, again, I was listening to you guys. It was that, that epiphany with these kids that maybe say, okay, you know what? Yeah. You're going to, it's, it's the lessons that these kids need. It's the winning's fine. We won a lot of games. We won more games than we lost. Right. But, and, and that's fine, but it's the message and the, and, and, and the, the lessons that you learn. It's okay. How to win gracefully and how to lose gracefully. 
right. and, and what lessons to pick up from losing. You're 100 percent right, man. I couldn't right? have, I couldn't sum it up better than that. I mean, I mean, I, don't don't get me wrong. I, I, you play to win the game, yeah, right? Competitive. Okay, this is competitive. So, so that there's that. But at the end of the day, it's not everything. But yeah, we all like to win. And you know, through the Raider years, we'd get close. We'd have undefeated seasons and losing the semifinal, or you know, win a C Cup, or all, and, and that's all great. But over the years, finally, we 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 hit a, a bantam level where I, I I now get to coach on a team with Dante. He's on the offense. I coach defense. I never coached him directly. Right, he always had a coach. His 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 main coach over his years was Mike Alexander. Me, Mike, and 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 DJ were the three amigos. Okay, right. And we end up with this Raider team. Wayne, I've never been around around that much talent. Okay, we we had talent on that team. And what year? A bunch what, of them. A bunch of them went what, to Saint FX. This is the Arthur Hamlin days. This is the okay, right? Um, uh, I'm gonna start name dropping, but you know, a bunch of these guys are now playing, you know, ball either in the states or or at at, at CIS. Right, but we and I was looking at so okay, this is this is great. And we ended up we go undefeated, and we win a we win a city final, we win an A Cup, first A Cup I've ever won. Nice, right? But again, those lessons along the way, we're at the banquet, and along the way there was this kid, and I'll never forget him. His name was Bryson, and I think in the mosquito years, Bryson was on the bubble, right? He was about to get cut because we had more kids than we had spots. Mm-hmm. It was a nice luxury to have in those days, right? But Bryson, he made a play on the last day, and me and I remember me and Coach looking at each other, saying, "You know what? Let's give Bryson a shot, right?" So, so Bryson, but he's the kind of kid he wasn't he wasn't big enough to be a linebacker or a D lineman, but you know, not fast enough to be a DB. He's in, in between, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, Bryson was with me for a good four years. Bryson ended up on that Raider team that I'm talking about. He's a guard, but, you know, he's, he's a substitute. And, you know, again, we're very competitive and whatnot, but Bryson didn't see a lot of playing time that year. But I was always lobbying for him and, and the other guys to say, okay, guys, we're up 21 nothing. Maybe we could get some of the guys into the game, that sort of thing, right? But I digress. My point being, we're at the banquet after that undefeated season, and we're getting uh, – you know how they get the rings. Yeah. With these big gaudy rings for an A-cup, and I love them. I'm standing there with Dante, and we do our ring order, and Bryson's standing next to me with his dad. And the guy says to Bryson, well, what do you want engraved in the inside of your ring? So what do you mean? Well, you can engrave the score, the date. You can put whatever you want. He looks at the man and says, put Coach Carlos. Nice. And I just, I'm standing, I'm stunned. I'm looking at him. I go, are you serious? He goes, well, it's because of you I got this ring. I was like, oh, man, Bryson, you're killing me right now. You know, but I this isn't it the be... most amazing feeling, though. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was beautiful, a beautiful thing. And like I, was... sorry, go ahead. I interrupted. Sorry. It's just that that it was those Raider years where, and and again, Dante and the lessons that he taught me early on, that said, okay, you know what, have an influence on these kids, right? Be a positive influence, I, I, and that's what I tried to be. A few of them slipped through my fingers. I, I'm not gonna lie. But I was the coach that would get the call from mom saying, coach, you got to talk to him. And I would reach out on Messenger and say, what am I hearing? And they're like, oh, no, Coach Carlos knows. I say, yeah, I know. I I know. I knew this before you got home. What are you doing? That sort of thing, right? So I'd be that guy. And like I said, a couple of them slipped through my fingers. But for the most part, at the end of the day, I got got those guys coming back saying, you know what, coach, thank you. Thank you, Coach. And, and that's what makes me feel good about what I did. Uh, it's an amazing feeling. I remember uh, kind of to echo those sentiments. I know so I had a quarterback, and I mean, to this day, we still talk. He's playing university right now. Um, but I, I remember I'd get a kick out of it because you can really – you can either just kind of coach, like you said, coach to win, blah, 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 or you can really embrace the role as that, as that role model for everybody. And every child's situation is going to be different. And right. you don't know the impact you, you're going to have. And on the one kid, this one kid, the quarterback, came from a, a great family background. Like, everything was so – I mean, he was a great kid all around. Mm-hmm. Very rarely got in any trouble. But, you know, when he would pop off a little, that was the kind of the – 
the added threat. And, and his mom would tell me, he'd, she'd pick up the phone and say, don't make me call Coach Wayne. And, he would start <laughs> and, and again, I can't stress enough. This was a good kid for good, like, you know, very rarely got in trouble. But I was dying laughing, but I felt really good. I'm like, you know, yep. what? I'm having that influence. And then probably one of my best coaching stories ever, Carlos, ever. Um, was happened to, you know, I'm not particularly a fan of social media. I mean, I, I use it and everything, but I, I think there's a lot more evil that comes out of it than good, unfortunately, in this world. I'm glad but it wasn't. I'm glad we didn't have it at that age. Ah, amen. Well, that's another conversation you and I'll get into, but amen. I, I try to warn these kids. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. Anything stupid that I did as a kid is all hearsay. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all hearsay. But, um, but the one good thing is I hear it. So I get a message on Facebook mm-hmm. probably about three, four years ago from a young man. Uh, I still remember his name, Mark Andre. And he called and or he had sent me a message. He's like, Coach Wayne, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. I just wanted to thank you. And this was a kid who came out, had never played football, um, was trying hard. Yeah. And, and you see something. He was a decent athlete. And he really had a passion just to for the yep. team sport element. So you kind of got along. And, and you can do one of two things. Now, this was at mid, so he was a late starter, but you can kind of take that approach. I'm going to, you know, uh, hammer this in the old school, kind of some of our coaches we had are kind of say, yep, somebody here, he's clearly not going to be a, a CFL, a uh, future CFL, or his likelihood of playing university football is, is very slim. But at the other hand, you can have an impact right now in what he's doing in terms of the future of, 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 of his life. And right. so anyway, I get this message probably about four or five years after I coached the kid. And he's just, he's thanking me um, because he wanted to know that uh, myself and the rest of the coaches that were there, we'd instilled confidence that he hadn't had before. And it gave him the, the, the kind of confidence to, to take a leap. And he had moved to Montreal and he was now playing basketball for one of the Sage. I was like, he repicked up the game and was playing that. And he said, it's funny that he was a basketball player, but never really got the confidence until he played football. Right. So, I mean, when I look back at that, it's like, you know what? Um, you kind of smile. You feel great. You kind of check that box. Okay, you know what? Mission accomplished. This is what it's supposed to be. I still remember my coaches. I, I still revere. And it's funny. You probably remember the name Steve Howlett. Um, yeah. But uh, Coach Howlett coached me in, uh, when I was a Sooner. And to this day, like, I mean, anything I try to do when I'm coaching, I, I kind of model after the way Coach Howlett kind of coached me and, and – and guys, and he also coached us at Ottawa U. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things. And whenever I have a parent post something of me coaching, um, there's that extra really cool feeling when Coach Howlett kind of recognizes them out there coaching. He's like, do your thing. And I'm like, hey, that's, that's my coach saying that I'm doing a good job. Exactly. Well, and it, it never escapes you. Like, uh, you know, 50-year-old man, I could see Coach Howlett, and I'll be, I'll be that 18-year-old kid. I remember a funny thing when I just thought, yeah, you got to love the coach. The coach relationship was when I saw – Kenny Avrera, I was coaching with Kenny. I remember. And this would have been, uh, yeah, this would have been Invaders. And, and Kenny would have been in his late 40s at the time, long removed from his pro career, a bit of a TV sub- celebrity or a personality, rather, here in, in Ottawa. And when Coach Rambo, one of his first coaches to actually uh, to bring him into the pros, was, was at a game, he came and he was so excited to see his old coach. And you saw it again. You saw Ken, who was, a, you know, a growing middle-aged man with a family, but kind of revert back to, to that being old, a kid. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or running up to coach. Yep. A hundred percent. And I've it, had that a, happen to me and it's, you're right. It's a, it's, it's an absolute phenomenal feeling, right. To say, okay, you know what? I did have a, a, a positive impact along the way to, you know, to, 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 to these kids. Right. hundred percent. No, oh. you're so Now, Quick question for you. Um, because it's interesting because unlike almost everybody else that I've talked to so far, None of them have been in that position where you you kind of excelled, or, or and I guess Darren was too, but Darren and I really didn't get into it. You excelled as an athlete. In fact, both you and your wife um, were, were, were incredible university athletes. And, and so to go back and kind of coach your son, how, do you, how did you kind of, how did you do that? How did you right. find that? And, and yeah, and, and we coached our daughter too, right? Exactly. Fabian being a basketball player, she, and, and, you know, Tyra ended up, Playing basketball, you know, went went, went on, on scholarship to Windsor, etc. Right, but we 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 on purpose we did a few things because it can ruin a relationship. And you know, on I was very conscious along the way to say, okay, you know what, I can't. 
you can't be tougher on, on say Dante than anybody else. But at the end of the day, you know, especially when he was playing basketball for the Wolverines, it's like, okay, if we're the coach, if I'm the coach and Norm's the coach, you can't be on this team just because we're the coach. So you got to work on your skills was the point. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, along the way, like I said, Tyra, you know, she, she, she took it and, and she's still taking it. If it wasn't for COVID, she'd probably be playing pro in Europe right now after her university career. But Dante, on the other hand, you know, at the end, at the, at the end of his, his football career, we, he played one last year, Eagles midget. Oh, this, you'll love this one, Wayne. You'll love this. So we finish at Raiders, but they don't have, uh, that was a Bantam. They don't have a midget team. And he wants to play one last year. Eagles have a midget team. So him and about six of the Raider kids head over to the Eagles. I go over once again as dad, right? Head coach sees me, sees Dante. You're going to coach, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I go, if it's okay with him. I look at Dante. I said, one, one, la- one last time with your old man? He goes, sure, dad. But again, he's offense, I'm defense, right? I don't coach him directly. And that was on purpose. Because, again, I've seen that. It is tough. It's, it's tough being the dad and coaching your kid. And you got to be conscious of a lot of things along the way because, again, I've seen it where, where, where it, it could put a real strain on a relationship. Well, I would imagine it would be even tougher. I mean, every position's tough. Don't get me wrong, Coach. You're, and even if you're not. But I, I would think the nature of the quarterback position, because you have so many, uh, we'll call them armchair quarterbacks, for mm-hmm. lack of parents, that you know, regardless of what the team does or what happens, the one constant is 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 you know the quarterback starts with the ball. The quarterback, everybody's eyes are on the quarterback at one point. Describe that a little bit. Being the parent, coaching the other side of the ball, and and having to you know coach up the defense and, and kind of like you know your defense comes off the field, Carlos. You got to make adjustments, especially at the higher levels. Let's talk bantam. You're making adjustments. You're yep. doing this. Yeah. On the other hand. That's your that's your flesh and blood. That's your kid. That's your son out there playing. Well, I, th- I, th- I think the way this story plays out will will, will answer your question. Okay, so, so so here's here's Dante, and he's saying, you know what, Dad, I don't want to be the quarterback anymore. Right? He's been handing off the ball and throwing the ball. You know, he was never a big arm guy. Okay, but he was the guy. I gotta tell you this one too. Back to the tight days. DJ comes off the field and he looks at me. And he goes, "You know, your son's a freak show, right?" I go, what do you mean? In Tyke, the coach is on the field. So you gather up your troops, right? You call the play, they break, they run to the huddle, and then you're not allowed to speak. So it's you, and you can see the defensive coordinator on the other side. He says he calls the play. They break. Everybody breaks except Dante. Dante's standing there staring at him. He goes, what? He says, you can't call that play. What do you mean I can't call that play? You said if we run that play, it's out of strength. You call strong right, it should be strong left. <laughs> and this is tight. He was nine. <laughs> okay. So he's that guy. So so fast forward now to, you know, and he doesn't want to play quarterback anymore. He wants to be a receiver. He'd like a little bit of glory. Love to catch a touchdown over the top like he's done in the past, right? So you know what, dude? You don't have to be the quarterback. We got a quarterback. Well, halfway through the season, we're not doing very well. And if we lose one more game, we're not going to make the playoffs. He's got his old coach with him, Coach Mike. And Coach Mike says, you know what, Dante? I got to do it. You got you to do it. No, Coach, please don't make me. Dante. And, and for all the right reasons, for the team, for his coach, for his dad, he did it. Well, he goes out onto the field, Wayne. And again, he's not a big-arm guy, but it's his brain. He knows this game. He's known it since he was nine years old. So all of a sudden he goes out onto the field and the other Eagles coaches, they're not convinced. They've seen Dante, but they don't, they don't really, you know, they're not convinced that he's going to be our quarterback. He walks up to the line, Wayne, immediately audibles the play to flip it. Head coach runs up to me and goes, I didn't know we had Peyton Manning on our team. I said, (laughs) I know what to tell you, dude. We go on a four game win streak, city champions back to back. And it took him two years to realize, you know, he's now in university now, and, and he comes back. He goes, you know what, Dad? I, I think only now I realize what I did for that Eagles team. I'm like, only now do you realize what you did for that team? I said, there are grown men in that organization that will never forget you, my friend. That's amazing. 
But it, it shows, though, just the moment as well, though. It's like, you know, is that it's, yeah, it's the lessons that are learned, but they're learned later in life. Like, I look at it, and yeah, you know, I, I, I remember, but each year that goes by, you remember less and less the results, back plays, or you might have one or two plays that you'll remember the rest of your life. Sure. But it's the seasons as a whole that you remember and the lessons that kind of come back. And it's always neat when you kind of either, A, like you said, with, with Dante's case, have that moment where, wow, you know, I, I kind of accomplished that and I did that. And, and he's also seen the big picture. It was, it was bigger than Dante. It right. Was like not what Dante wanted to do, but I was committed to a group of individuals and to make this group better. I, I, I sacrificed a little for the greater good. And I mean, it's a lesson that, he, you know, at the time he was just, okay, it's football. I got to do it. This is our chance to win. And right. it's seven years later that he's actually, you know, and, and I, I'm impressed because usually, you know, it's usually not two years later. It's usually <laughs> 15 years later. Yeah. And I mean, you know, on, on the flip side, you got Tyra who just, I mean, she bit. In Tyra's case, I'll tell you this one too. If you, if, you know, you're going to let me ramble. I, I love to tell these stories, Wayne. Uh, that's why you're on, buddy. So here we are coaching. My wife is coaching Wolverines. Okay. This is a girls basketball out in Gloucester, competitive. And Tyra, you know, she, she's going out to Dante's tight football games, and she all of a sudden says, I, I want to play basketball. I look at her and I go, I thought you were going to be the next Beyonce. Aren't, aren't you the diva? Like, what do you mean basketball? That's, that's sweat and hard work. Come on now. Oh, I want to play. Okay. So we sign her up for house league basketball, and off she goes. Well, by the second year now, it's, it's, it's not house league anymore. It's competitive. My wife is the head coach, right? I mean, she, she played university basketball at Ottawa U. She was the head coach at Ottawa U for the women's team back in, you know, our younger days. So she knows her, she knows her stuff. And we're coaching these kids. And we have, a, we have a retreat at our house. So now i got these, you know, I think they're 13. And I say, okay, this is your first year competitive. And I said, ladies, has it occurred to any of you that you could play university basketball? I said, has it occurred to any of you that, you know, these are the things, the opportunities that you could have if you took this seriously? I said, who says a kid from, from Ottawa can't be in the WNBA? And I gave each one of those girls an 8 by 10 glossy of a WNBA player. And I asked them to put it up in their room. And I said, you know what? Boys your age, they dream. They've got football posters, baseball posters, hockey. What They dream. And I said, not only are you allowed to have the dream, I insist. Nice. Right? And at the end of that season, I asked a few of them. I said, which picture did I give you? And some of them put it in the drawer. But some of them put it on their wall, Wayne. And I coached for five years with Wolverines until I ended up saying, okay, I'm, you know, I, I can't coach you guys enough. Again, I'm the football guy, Fabian's the, the basketball person. They reach a level where, you know, my, my barking, they need more than me barking at them. They, they need a real <laughs> basketball coach, right? No, I hear you. But, <laughs> but I enjoy barking at them, trust me. No, but one thing, and one thing, and I got to jump in because I, I'm impressed again. And again, like, I mean, obviously we're friends, so I'm a little biased and I, and I know the, the cut of your cloth and what you're about. But again, it's, I wish there was more of that mentality. I mean, one of the, the, the uh, one of the reasons I got involved with, I've been involved with various clubs. One of the things that impressed me most with the Gatineau Vikings was kind of that mentality you took mm -hmm. is that the guy who was running at Gowan and, and Barry, they kind of, you know, they built this program. They did everything they could. They learned. They, they kind of were sponges of, of football knowledge. But they also realized, you know what, at a certain point, there's expertise that's required. And if I can let my ego kind of push it aside and realize <laughs> that it's going to be more knowledgeable people. I mean, in your case, happen to be under the same roof as you. I mean, it's not everybody that marries a, 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 an OUA or a OQIFC. I forget which conference they were in basketball as all-star. Yeah. And I believe that Fabian left University of Ottawa the all-time leading scorer, if I'm not mistaken. I wouldn't go. Let's not go crazy, Wayne. But <laughs> yes, I, I was there at that time. And I just, I, I and, and again, I go back in memory and I just remember her holding every record. So, you know, I, uh, that's my memory. And if you want to ruin it, you can explain why to your wife but no 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 it's all good man the, your memory is perfect <laughs> <laughs> but anyways i just had to throw that in man i think that's really cool that even as a parent and as a guy who played some hoops it's not like we're talking about a guy who okay my daughter's into this so oh, that's what a basketball looks like all right 
no, no, I was I was I was playing hoops back in the day, right? You know, you know, you know. But, but what I had to do is I had to get certified because at times we're coaching both teams, we're coaching the boys and the girls. And if we have to split up on a tournament, I got to be the head coach for the boys. So I had to get certified, you know, in terms of going through that whole process. And I did the certification process in, in football as well, but had to get certified in basketball so that I could be the head coach and, and take the team to these tournaments. If, if Fabian and I had to split up, you know, split up that way. But again, just to finish the story with the girls at the end of the season, I said, some of them put the, put the poster up. And throughout coaching a few years with, 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 those, with those athletes, and, and that was another thing I used to say to them. I'd say, you know what? I don't see you as girls. I see you as athletes. And I'm going to treat you accordingly. Right? And, no, which and, is the way and, and, and they responded to that. And, you know, all these years later, I can think back and say, okay, you know what? The ones that I coached, I touched them for a minute. But a bunch of them went on to play CIS. A couple of them went down south, you know, and I know I used to tell them fondly. I said, just, just remember old coach Carlos in your speech. That's all I want. <laughs> right? no, but it's true, but it's, it's, a, it's a starting point. You don't see it often enough is where, again, um, it, it, it's like you treated the young ladies as athletes and yep. that's what, that's what they were and that's what they are. And I mean, uh, I love that you say that, that you kind of, you know, and especially when, when Tyra was a little younger, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it changed drastically from say the seventies and eighties or say baby and grew up in. Yep. And I mean, what Tyra grew up in is different than even today, but there still needs to be that message across that, you know, like, I mean, girls can, should, and need to be encouraged to, to dream an athletic sense that boys have been doing for decades. You, you know, you just prompted a thought when you just prompted a thought, flip back to Tyrus first year house league. Okay. And it's house league girls basketball. So there's lots of giggling. Okay. And lots of, lots of, you know, and, and, and me, I'm, 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 I'm Mr. Competitive coach Carlos over here. So I'm gritting my teeth at some of this, right? Well, Fabian had to be out of town one weekend for work and you know, I got to coach the team. Dante has been given specific instructions. Sit next to your father and keep him under control. <laughs> right? So as the game starts going and I'm barking and, you know, things aren't necessarily going our way, I start to grumble, blah, blah, blah. Dante taps me. I look at him and he goes, Dad. And he just gives me that expression and, you know, he puts his hands, you know, down saying, calm down. And I look at him and I go, well, you see what's going on, don't you? He goes, yeah, but calm down. So I, I basically fold my, my arms and pout through the rest of the game without because <laughs> I know he's right. He's 100% right. You know? But by the same token, that same, the next year we go competitive. I had one of, the, you know, one of my athletes and we're playing and I'm, 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 I'm on her. I'm barking. And her dad doesn't like it. He's across the gym. He doesn't like it at all that I'm barking at her. So he barks at me. So we kind of look at each other, and now I'm 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 a little upset. Excuse you. <laughs> they leave the gym after you know the game, and he leaves mad. And you know, well, I don't. Fabian comes to me later. She's got her, her computer, and she says, "Did something happen between you and so and so?" And I say, "Yeah." And I tell her what happened. Apparently, when they got in the car, he told his daughter what he had done. He was very proud of himself. Wayne, she lit him up. <laughs> she lit him up. She lit him up. Don't you ever talk to Coach Carlos like that. And at the end of his apology letter, he said, I guess, you know, my kid didn't have any issue with what you were saying or how you were saying it. It was me that had the issue. And I said, okay, thank you. Right? Nobody likes to see their kid get yelled at. But I wasn't yelling at her for, like, out of anger. I was barking at her to, you know, we know you're better than this. You know it, and I know it. So let's go, right? No, and such a, there's such a difference, like such a difference. I mean, uh, and that's the thing. And I've seen you coach, so I have no doubt in my mind. But there's such a colossal difference between, like you said, yelling at a player, and, and uh, you know, and heaven forbid. I mean, I've seen it even in cases where it's worse, where you see it, and it becomes personal. And right. That's when it's you know, versus yelling to encourage a player. Right. Uh, well, I was so proud of Ashley that day, right? I said, you know what? Thank you, kid. 
she lit, she lit up her dad and he apologized to me. I was like, okay, we're good. <laughs> no, it's very cool. And how old was she? She would have been 13, 14. Yeah, amazing, eh? But it shows. It shows the competitive fire. Right. I mean, a young athlete who realized what she needed to, to, to kind of excel in her game and realize what the coach brought. And I think it's a loss. I don't want to say a lost arc, but it's slowly but surely becoming like a lost vision. Well, I tell you, you know, to, the, to, to that point, I'm coaching the Raiders. This is Mosquito. And again, I am who I am, Wayne, right? I'm passionate. Um, but I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, you guys are 14. I'm a grown man. I, I don't take shit from 14-year-olds, right? So in terms of your disrespect, the way you treat your, your substitute teachers, you can't come out here and treat me that way. That's, that's just not going to happen. It ain't happened, right? So, so that's my message. And there was, you know, three, three kids in particular that used to, I love them. I still love them to this day, but they used to try me. And I used to drop bombs. So one day the head coach comes up to me and he says, you know, Carlos, uh, I got to tell you, this is the new generation. <laughs> I said, he said, you can't really talk to these kids that way. And I looked over both my shoulders. and I'm like, I can't talk to which kids what way? What? Do you, what? Really? So the next practice, I, I, you know, the first kid that I, that, I, that I know that I've been the hardest on, I call him over. I said, let me ask you something. Have I ever embarrassed you? No. Have I ever humiliated you in front of your teammates? No. When I yell at you, you understand why I'm upset, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm just checking. So then I call the second kid. Have the same conversation. But now they're all gathering around. So what's this all about, coach? I said, well, I heard that, you know, you guys are the new generation. <laughs> and that my way is a little too harsh for your gentle souls. And they're like, who said that? No, coach, we don't, no, we don't have a problem with you, coach, blah, blah, blah. So, so every, we're good. You, me, we're all good, right? Yep, yep. Fantastic. Well, what I realized was it was those three kids. Like I said, they're good kids, but they would test me. And, I, you know, they would fail. And their dads didn't like it. Their dads would watch practice, and they, they'd see me light up their kid, and they didn't like it. But they had no problem with what I was doing and saying because they knew I was right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Again, if you, if you think I'm the substitute teacher out on this field, trust me, dude, I'm the principal. No, and you're going to see that. I mean, in a lot of the cases, we've said this. And I know myself, I liked it. And I know in a lot of cases, I, I've, coached, uh, I've coached all over the city. And, and the one commonality I found is that people want to, you know, box a generation or box a time, say, oh, this generation or that. But the reality is I see a lot of these kids that I coach that, that crave that discipline. Right. And, and a lot of them, need, you know, like in, in, a lot, in, in some cases, a lot of them need it. They don't have it and they embrace it. And I mean, there's a lot of great kids out there aren't getting the the attention they need for whatever reason for whatever reason uh, i'm not here to discuss that right but yeah you know, and and it's kind of like like you know like it's funny you bring up the story and you're talking about um coach calling coach carlos or you know don't make me call coach or you found <laughs> out and i remember i was having this conversation with somebody we had on earlier um uh, he's now a host of the tsn uh radio out in vancouver matthew sakaris okay and so I were, you know, he's a little younger than I am, but we had the same coaches in Canada and these guys were revered. Like we looked at them, I looked at them and I, and I mean, I was, I was one of the lucky ones. I came from a very, you know, what you would call stable, I guess, privileged background. My parents were, yep. you know, great parents. I won the parental lottery. There's no ends, ifs or buts about that. Yep. But on the other hand, these were still on top of my parents. This was now another layer of, of, of good authority type figures of good role models. That, you know, now it's not like, okay, it's not just if my parents catch me doing something. Like I, <laughs> if my I coach finds scared. out, I'm done. <laughs> oh, I was scared to death if Coach McGuire found out anything I'd done wrong or Coach Chandler or, or any of these guys. Like, you know, and it was just, and again, it was, it was, I think it was healthy. And I think it was part of the growing up process. And I think it was part of the, the whole, you know, discipline of, of becoming a, 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 an adult. Well, as you like, say that, I'm, like, I'm thinking about a kid. Love this kid, Kevin Vatomi. He's playing at Ottawa U now, okay? I had him when he was young, and his mom came up to me one day very upset because he wasn't doing the schoolwork. And she threatened to tell me about it. And that was that Raider, that was that Raider, that stacked Raider team. 
Right, right. And he was a starting, he was my starting left corner. And his mom came to me and I walked up to this kid. I said, Kevin, until your mother comes back to me and tells me a different story, you're not starting anymore. And the look of shock on his face. What do you mean I'm not starting? I said, Dude, I got, I, got, I got the best crew of DBs I've ever coached in my life. Okay. I take you out and put Prince right there. No problem. And for two weeks, he didn't start. And then his mom came back and said, coach, thank you. Because all of a sudden, he was doing his homework and doing his books. And, and again, now I look at this kid. He's, he's a lot of you. He's thriving. He's a great athlete. Love this kid. But I remember at that point saying, you know what, dude? Your, your mom can't come and tell me a story like that. No, it's accountability, right? And I love it. I love hearing stories. I know, I know you're nice, but no, you're not that nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about some of those stories that you're rehashing right now, and I kind of want to bring it back almost uh, almost full circle. When you st- Looking back at, uh, at your coaching years, because you kind of covered the gamut, um, is there any particular moment and i mean you've given us a bunch carlos so i mean but is there any moment or any year or anything that kind of jumps out in your memory that you're going to take with you forever from your coaching from your coaching experiences honestly like i said through through football and basketball i mean i could talk about you know winning this game or winning this championship we won a lot of games that's that's not it you know to, to, to that question that's a hard question because again i think back to certain particular individuals in certain particular moments gotcha right i think back to when i I decided i'm not coaching girls anymore okay so they're 16 now and you know fabian's got them and she's got other coaches but we still had i suppose you know help and we'd have these joint sessions and we had a a a mixed session with dante's team with the boys and the girls we did this march madness every year have the girls even though they were older they would compete against the boys and here's Fabian. She's making her coaching point, And two of my boys decide to have a sidebar conversation. I slide right by my wife. I don't interrupt her. I slide right by her. And I walk right up to these two. And I'm close. I'm nose to nose with them. And I basically say, shut up. And as I walk shut away, I hear two of my girls that I coached last year. One says to the other, oh, I miss him. Because <laughs> uh, they knew, and even the boys, they knew it's like they saw me coming. They're like, Oh no, she's talking, she's forgotten more basketball than you'll ever know. So, when she's talking and trying to make a coaching point and coach you, you're deciding to have a sidebar conversation. That's not happening. Come on now. Uh, it's funny, and I and I love when the kids they have that respect for that coach. Um, funny story, and it's it's I was working a camp in the states, and one of the coaches down there. Coach George, he was telling a story, and it's actually a funny one, where he goes down and a parent wasn't happy. And it was one of these open camps, and um, and the parent wasn't happy about something. And instead of any type of discussion or argument, like the, 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 the guy just said, hey, you know what? Uh, yep, I'm not letting this one person disrupt everything at this camp. So he basically just called them down. Yep, here, called the administrator of the camp and said, yep, this is so-and-so. Give them their money. Yep. Nice calling you. Have a nice day. Thank you. <laughs> And walked off. But the classic part is that then there's a 10-year-old that looks up and he elbows one of his friends and says, you see that? That's why you don't bleep with Coach Tom. And <laughs> <laughs> the room just died. And, and the room it. died. It was, it was classic. But you saw the reverence the kid had for this coach and realized, you know what? Um this isn't a guy yelling at me. This isn't personal. This isn't just some screamer. And it's an art. I truly right. think it is. I think it's an art that's that's not that it's it's prevalent enough. But I I don't think it's uh, it's the norm. Is that ability to, to as as uh, you know as the term goes today is coach them up. You know, and that's what that's what you need in in, in, in all sports, youth sports, is that coach them up mentality. Yeah. So. Really love that story. And, and, and as you say, I was trying to answer that question, but I think to myself, yeah, it's not about winning a game or winning a championship. We did a lot of that in both sports. It was about, you know, Coach Carlos. Having, they, they, they think, I got two of them. One of them says to me, actually, they're in my car. I'm driving them home. And, you know, these were two that I was, I was working on, right? I didn't want them to slip through my fingers. 
And one says, yeah, you know, we were in the park the other day and the other one says, we should do this, that, or the other thing. That's the wrong thing to do. And the other one says, you do realize Coach Carlos could drive by here any second. <laughs> you love that. Right? I said, I said, I'm in your heads that way? He says, yeah. I said, that's fantastic. Perfect. I've done my job. Right? That's fantastic. If, if you're, if you're going to pause and think, do I really want to hear from Coach if I do this? Because I know I will. And you walk away from that, I'm thrilled. It's I, I it's I'm smiling right now just because again it's that impact and and although I'm getting up there in years I still remember being that 11 12 13 year old in various sports and and the worst part about it or not the worst part the unfortunate part is I remember the great ones but unfortunately the the bad ones also leave an impact mm-hmm. yeah I would I, I I when I look back I think I had more great ones than not so great. So, I mean, my memories, my, my, my fond memories are the memories of great coaches kind of push out those, those negative memories. Right. But I mean, fact is there, you remember it. You like, you just, I remember stuff. I remember, and I don't remember the coach's name, but I remember it stuck with me for years. And, and again, if I remember his name, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't bring it up. And, and he was a young guy and I'm not trying to trash one guy. And this happened like, you know, looking at almost 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember doing a drill and one of the kids, you know, a way a handoff, the, the, you're supposed to take a handoff and, you know, you open the arms of the quarterback sure. and slip it in. And for whatever reason, one of our running backs just wasn't getting it. Right. So coach wanted to prove a point and was jamming the ball, actually hurting the kids. We're mosquito football players. And I remember looking back and finally, I think that he actually dislocated or jammed the kid's thumb. Ouch. Uh, yeah, no. And I mean, it's one of those things nowadays, that would be the end of that. Right. It was kind of blah, blah, blah. But I still remember, and, and none of us actually learned anything from that coach because we feared him. He was a younger guy, and hopefully if he kept coaching, he kind of evolved from that. But again, there was no learning factor. There was a fear factor. And I know some people think fear is a great motivator. I, I think that's been disproven numerous times. Exactly. Uh, and, and so it's like, uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely, it's, I don't want to say an art form, but that's what it is. Um, it's been cool, man. That's uh, it's really cool hearing some of those stories. Before I let you go, man, um, just want to kind of catch up with the present, with uh, what's happened on your plate, particularly Dante and Tyra. I've had the pleasure of actually working with Dante. Yeah. So I'm, I know what type of individual, and, and I can attest to everything you've said about him. The only thing I'd correct is I think his arm's a little better than you give him credit for, but that's the bad <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, it wasn't a 60-yard arm, right? But Honestly, Dante, and again, God love him, man. He 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 came forward and told me and his mom that going into university, he didn't want to play anymore, and that was a big deal because he thought we would be disappointed. Yeah, I remember you telling me that right? story. And at this point, now he's going into his third year. I mean, he's thriving. He's the coolest kid I know. Right, and 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 like I said, Tyra. She ended up, you know, doing four years at Windsor. She was fortunate enough to be able to do her last year at Ottawa U. She thrived. And, you know, like I said, if it wasn't for COVID all now, she'd probably be in Europe playing. And hopefully that's, that's, that's an option, you know, looking into next year once we get rid of this pandemic nonsense. No, I had the pleasure and, of that. And, of course, Fabian, I mean, she's, she's coaching. She's coaching her prep school team, Capital Courts Academy. They're, nice. in their, they're in their fourth year of existence now out of Korean, Hawaii, uh, Korean Wilson High School. And she's part of Team Canada. You know, again, COVID's kind of squashed things, but I'm sure she'll be traveling the world over the course of the next year with Team Canada. So, yeah, it's very cool stuff. Well, like I said, I had the, the pleasure of bumping into you, I think it was last year. And uh, Tyra had ended up doing her, her fifth year, her transfer year. Yep. At our, got to see her play. So that's cool that she's still on. And like I said, and I know there's a, there's a, there's a big market in Europe for uh, for women's sports in Absolutely. general, not basketball. So I mean, and like I said, from somebody who's done, did it years ago and actually went back and coached, I can I can tell you she will have an absolute blast. Like it'll be a, a great way to continue her her athletic career. And then uh, I always say I think university was was super important. I think learned a lot on and off the field, in and out of the classroom. I just think it's part of the growing up experience. But I always say. Part of my best life experiences came from my my time spent overseas yep. and, and in, into another culture, not just visiting, but actually immersing to yourself in that culture. So in uh, in a way, I'm jealous of, uh, of Tyra getting to do that. 
but I mean the, the future looks bright. Well, Carlos, man, um, you and I, the problem with guys like you and I is uh, we could talk for a long time. <laughs> uh, we could oh, talk for two, three hours, and I love every minute of it. It's funny. This was great. Mind, this was great. I wanted to talk about, and I'm like, yeah, we're never going to get to them because uh, we're just going to talk. So, hey, I, I really appreciate you taking the time today, man. It's been great to hear some of the coaching stories. And, and I think, again, like I said, I, I tell people, I'm biased. You're a friend. I know what you're about. I've seen you coach. I think you're one of the good ones. I, I totally believe that youth sports needs more guys like you. And so, I mean, with the, you know, I don't want to pump your tires too much here, but I think it's a really important story to get guys like yourself and some of the other coaches that we'll have on um, on the podcast. Because I, I just, man, you do it the right way. And, and um, thank you. And as had coaches, uh, uh, trust me, I was about to say thank you because as somebody who, who's had coaches coaching like you, um, the impact is there, man. So again, I, I, I on behalf of. Uh, of the growth of the sport. I thank you, man. I think you've been doing a great thing. And, uh, and, and you probably for every kid that, you know, you've reached, I guarantee you there's probably twice as many that you have no idea right now that your words are still kind of, uh, reverberating in their brains right now. I appreciate that Wayne. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Feel good. Thank cool. you. Man. Hey, no, I thank you. Well, anyways, that was Carlos Blizzard. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, uh, Gloucester Raiders, uh, sorry, sorry, Gloucester South Raiders. That's right. Eagles, Bishops. I, uh, I don't want to, you know, give too much hype to Bishops, but we'll <laughs> Bishop love my alma mater, man. Gator for life. Hey, and you know what? And I tell we and I had this conversation with Gord Weber back in your day. I mean, there, Coach Nichols is doing a phenomenal job, and he, he has them trending in the right direction but uh back in the 80s and 90s man this was a powerhouse of canadian university football and although they never hoisted the vanier came close uh, twice uh there was a decade where i know that bu that bu was always in the conversation for that vanier like it was a good 10 year span that you know, most that definitely a championship run if you were in the old oqifc had to go through lennoxville that's it <laughs> it's been great fun, Wayne. thank you man Hey, I thank you again, and I thank everybody out there for listening to the NACAFA 65 for 65, uh, 65 years of our huddle includes everyone. Be safe, and